Good morning and welcome to chapel. It is good to be uh, worshiping with you today. We have a lot of red carpet guests. Could we welcome our red carpet guests that are uh, worshiping with us today? And um, you recognize, I'm sure, that I... Uh, I'm sure you recognize that I'm in a suit, and we know what that means. That means the trustees are in town, uh, so we could welcome the trustees. Um, so allow me to continue to put on a false facade that I, I wear this every, every week. A couple of quick announcements. It's, uh, the baseball team uh, is uh, worshiping with us today, but they're going to have to leave in the middle of chapel. Uh, they're not walking out because they don't like the chapel speaker. They actually are going to get to play a game today somewhere. So uh, glad for that and glad they could be with us. One thing I want to bring your attention to, seniors are understand this, is you're working on your final projects and recitals, and I just want to let underclassmen know this. In the same way we support our athletes and we uh, support the arts and music as we should, and you hear us talking about that and encourage that, I want to encourage you to attend recitals, senior recitals, or senior project demonstrations. These are students who work very hard, and the senior recital or senior projects um, really are a really big moment in their academic career and their life. So be sure to try to attend some of those if you can. You've, I know we have announcements scrolling for Elizabeth, and you'll see others over the next couple of weeks as we get ready to finish the school year. Uh, so if you can, try to support your students uh, as they have their senior recitals and programs. Um, finally, Wednesday, we will, have, we will be taking an offering in chapel. You know we don't do it uh, very often, but we will be taking an offering in chapel for a water well in Haiti. Uh, we need to raise $8,500, and we have some youth groups. Some of the youth groups from Festival of Life have decided to help us get to the $8,500, and they'll be running a mile or, or um, walking a mile, some of them, uh, the day that we're running the half marathon. But, uh, so we all need to work together to try to get to the $8,500. You saw the video of the community where that is going. Um, so, again, remember on Wednesday we'll be taking that offering. Well, it's a great honor to have our chapel speaker here today. I say that because I have to say it is a great honor. Uh, tell you a little bit about me. You can tell who my closest friends are because if you hang around us, the ones that I make fun of the most or insult or uh, joke about and who also return the favor back to me, those are some of the closest people in my life. And I have one of my closest friends uh, speaking in chapel today. Uh, James Hayward is our chapel speaker. He is a pastor at uh, Annandale Church of the Nazarene and... Uh, Earlier today, he was wearing a sweater, and now he put on a sports coat, and he's wearing this, like, muted, weird color, and I thought that was nice, and uh, so now he's wearing his, uh, it's kind of like Mr. Rogers, you know, he kind of came in with a sweater, and then he switched to a coat, but I, I'm glad it's a very nice smoking jacket he has on. But what I, I, uh, I actually need to uh, share a little bit, a true story that I want to share. When I was uh, 20 or 21, about the age of 15 or 16, I should say, I left the church, left my faith had no interest in God whatsoever, and about when I was uh, maybe 20, yeah, I was 20 years old, the director of a camp, a Christian camp, called me that I used to attend as a child and said, Corey, we need you to, uh, we need some counselors this week. Can you come and be a counselor at camp? Now, I hadn't been to church in five or six years and was far from God, and this was a Christian camp, and you're supposed to be, you know, strong in your faith, and so obviously he wasn't doing a good background search uh, and the counselors he was getting, but I said, yeah, sure, I'll come. I can, I can handle that. I can fake it for a week or so. And as a, uh, it just so happens that that week that I was a counselor, that James Hayward was on the summer ministry team at, uh, for here at ENC, and you know our summer ministry teams. And uh, one night, uh, we were around the campfire, and I was with the junior high guys that I was supposed to be discipling. And uh, James shared the testimony and, and invited students to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior and gave this really beautiful, rather simple, but beautiful presentation of the good news of Jesus Christ. And there in a silence 
uh, beyond words. Uh, it was that night that I recommitted my life to Christ. So uh, while I give him a hard time, it's because I love him and really can't say thank you enough uh, for what he's meant in my life. Uh, it really is an honor to have James here uh, tonight. And that's about this morning. And that's about as serious as I get. Uh, and now I'll make fun of him the rest of, uh, the, rest of the day. Uh, but he is, he is a dear friend. Didn't we have a great chapel last week with Dr. Wenton Fine when he spoke? He gave a great, uh, great message. Uh, Dr. Fine is a trustee, and I've asked Dr. Fine to come, and he's going to open us in a word of prayer. And uh, the trustees, including Dr. Fine and Reverend Hayward, they are going to be, in, I believe, in the cafeteria today for lunch. So if you want to chat with them, you'll have a time to catch up. So uh, Dr. Fine will open us in prayer this morning. Oh, James, you really let me look like out of place here this morning. <laughs> Could we stand as we uh, look to the Lord in prayer today? Oh, Father, we come to you this awesome and wonderful day to worship and to lift up and give you thanks for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for having us in this place, this day of our lives. And thank you, Father, for the journey. I thank you that the NC is preparing us to be who you want us to be in this world. And so we pray today, Lord, that these moments spent in this chapel will be meaningful to all of us. We ask you, Father, that you would anoint uh, your speaker today, Lord, and give us listening ears. Help us to so listen to you, to listen to your voice and your speaking to us. We pray for the worship team and every one of us here in this place that you would just so minister to us as only you can. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to be with you, uh, the ENC community, uh, this morning. And uh, I'm blessed to be here and blessed to be a part of and a product of this institution. And uh, anytime I have an opportunity to give back to so many people who uh, invested in my life, faculty and administrators and uh, staff folks who just invest in me. Anytime I get an opportunity to give back, I want to do so, and, and I am glad to do so. The last time I was on this campus, I told you the story about how I met my beautiful wife, that uh, I was coming out of Gardner, and she was coming out of Wallace Church here, and Steve Wilson and I were together, and I said to Wills, Wills, who is that young lady right there? I knew she was from the Metro New York District, and I said, who is that beautiful young lady? And uh, he said, her name is Rose, and I said, that is going to be the one that I marry. And I stalked her long enough, and I bothered, no, I didn't stalk her, that's a serious word today, but back in the day, back in the day, it wasn't, a, it was, it wasn't serious. I stalked her, in other words. I kept on bothering her, and finally she said yes, and so I met my beautiful wife on this campus. And I didn't come here to meet my beautiful wife, but it was just a cherry on the top of a great education uh, as well, and it was a beautiful thing, and we've been married for 23 years, and she's put up with quite a bit of stuff in that amount of time. Right? Women, we understand that, right? Well, but she wasn't the first young lady I met because I came here as a 21-year-old who had come out of some stuff and, and I had decided that I'd gone my own way at 18 and from 18 to about 20, uh, God let me do that and it didn't end well. It didn't, it didn't end well at all. It was, uh, it was a terrible thing and God finally said to me, okay, James, are you going to go into ministry now? God had called me and I didn't want to go. Pastors were poor. They, I wanted to be a businessman. I was going to do lifestyle to rich and famous. And uh, it didn't happen that way. 
And so one day God said, are you going to go? And I said, I'm going to go. But when I go, I'm going to do things differently. I'm, I'm going to find some new people. I'm going to find some new friends. I'm going to do things differently. And so I come on the campus. I'm 21 years old. I don't know if this is the same case today as it was then. But there was a one to three male to female ratio at the time. All right, fellas, fellas, you know what this is about, right? One to three, right? And, and so, so here's the situation. This was the upper class young lady, and I was, a, I was a freshman. And there was some kind of thing that was going on campus where the upper class ladies kind of, kind of keyed in on the freshman guys. And because I was 21, it was one of those things. And so this young lady by the name of Valerie, you won't know her. I, she didn't stay for a long time, but her name was Valerie. And I remember her coming up to me and meeting me, and she was kind of forward, she was kind of forward, and, and I thought, okay, well, maybe this is the way they do it on a Christian college campus, and so, you know, I just kind of, I kind of met her, and she, you know, we went to a, we went out and got something to eat, and anyway, she taught me, she, we came back to the campus, and we were in the student center auditorium, and I don't know why we were there, but we were there, and um, so we were there, and, and all of a sudden, after talking with her and everything, all of a sudden, I, uh, before I knew what was going on, her, 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 her face was in my face. And her and her her tongue was in my mouth, and I thought, my goodness gracious, this is very forward, you know. This is more forward than than I'm used to with the you know the so-called secular situation. So so, but but what bothered me? It wasn't that her tongue was in my, my mouth. That didn't bother me. That was all. That was you know whatever. But what bothered me? <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> What bothered me was because she had the taste and the smell of alcohol on her breath and on her tongue. And I remember saying to myself, that is not the kind of bay that I want to hang out with. That is not the kind of bay that I came to East Nazarene College to prepare for ministry to spend my time with. And so at, at, the, at that point, that relationship came to an end. I have a question for you this morning. It's a beginning question of what I'm going to talk about today. What did they influence you to do that you would not have done if they hadn't been around? What, would they, what did they influence you to do that, they would, that you would not have done if they had not been around? I'm talking, about the, I'm talking about the they in your life. Who are the they in your life? Because all the time we say stuff like this. They said... They said, they feel. And, and every now and then, I want to ask the question, who is they? Who are they in your life? How do you spell relational relief? It's fascinating that we are at an academic institution, and there's all kinds of training, all kinds of training, all kinds of studying going on, and we can get all kinds of training in all kinds of areas of our lives. But one of the most important areas of our life, how to create healthy relationships we don't get a lot of training in. There's not a lot of training that happens on how to create healthy relationships. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's one of the most important things that we'll do, creating relationships that are healthy, and, and we don't get them. So here's what I'm going to do. This morning, my 25-minute lecture, my 25-minute lecture is going to be on how 50 shades of bay. How do you create... As you know, I stole that title, right? It's not original to me, right? Fifty Shades of Bay, how to, how to create healthy relationships. See, here's the deal. You're not just kind of sucked into the vortex of some kind of connection with another person, right? 
We, we have to choose our friends. We have to choose our friends wisely. We have to choose our friends wisely. Here's what the book of Proverbs says. Just as water mirrors your face, so your face mirrors your heart. A mirror reflects a person's face. Now, as I look out here this morning, I, I, I suggest, I, I'm believing that you looked in the mirror. Even if you crawled out of bed this morning at the last minute to make it to chapel, you at least ran by a mirror before you got out of the room. And a mirror kind of shows what we look like physically, a kind of reflection of that. But let me tell you something. There's a better way that I can know more about you than looking in the mirror. And a better way for you to know more about yourself than looking in the mirror. Look at the friends that you have. I can look at your friends and I can tell you where you're going. I can look at your friends and I can tell you where you're going. Better yet, I can look at your friends and tell you where you've been, where you are right now, and where you're going to go in the future. What is a friend? Let me use a definition that will help you today as I talk about. A friend is a foundational relationship in everyone's natural domain. A foundational relationship in everyone's natural domain. You have friends, I have friends. In fact, we were made to relate to one another. We were created for relate, we were created for relationship. In fact, there's this God void in us that, that we need to have a relationship with God. We were created to be in relationship with God. I like to think of it as a cross void. And, and one part of that cross is the vertical, the vertical relationship we have with God. And the other part across the horizontal relationships that we have with others. From the time you were born, you wanted to be in relationship. You wanted to connect with other people because we were made for that. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who are the they in your life? Uh, here's the, let, let, me, let me give you a metaphor here. Let's say a pool. I don't know about you, but I'm not a swimmer. I'm not a swimmer. I mean, I, 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 can, I can keep myself from drowning, but I'm not a swimmer. So I'm not going to be the person that dives into the deep end of the pool. I'm a person that sits at the shallow end, kind of puts my toes in, get a little wet, and then going about my business. Some of us are like that in relationships. God created us for the deep parts of relationship, and we just kind of stay in the shallows. We just kind of stay right there in the shallows, and we never go to the deep part. I'm going to challenge you this morning. I'm challenging you to swim away from the shallows, to dive into the deep part of relationship. But before you can do that, you have to ask this question, who are the they in your life? So who, who, who are the they? Think about the people in your life. Who are they? Who are the people in your life that you hang out with? Number two, what are they doing? What do they really do? What do they really do? What are they about? What makes them click? Number three, where are they going? Where are they taking you in life? Where are they leading you? Because if you run with the crowd, the crowd is going to run you. So you can look at the day in your life and you can understand where you're headed. You can understand that. The right day are always there. That's the great thing about being in relationship with God. He will always allow the right day to be in your life. But you know what happens? The wrong day shows up too. And here's the, here's the reality. If you have more of the wrong day in your life than the right day, guess which direction you're going to go in? Guess where you're going to end up? Guess what's going to happen in your life? So I want to use this relational grid. You see it up on the screen, this relational grid. Affiliation, who are they? Who do you hang out? Who's your posse? That's an old word. Who's your crew? Who are your boys? Who is your tight-knit group? 
I mean, who are they? Because the people you affiliate will make a difference in your life. The people you affiliate with. The second thing is, what are they participating in? See, your affiliation will really direct your participation. What are they doing? What are they about? What are they doing? And then that will kind of direct your destination. See how that works? Your affiliation directs your participation, directs your destination. It's important who you hang out with. Well, there are a couple of biblical examples of the right day and the wrong day in our lives. A couple of biblical examples. In our faith community, we've been looking at Proverbs, and we've been looking at wisdom literature. And we've taken a break for Lent, but we'll head back after Lent's over to this wisdom literature. And we've been looking at the life of Solomon. You know Solomon? The smartest, the wisest person to walk on the face of the earth and also probably the richest person to walk on the face of the earth. So he's wise and he's rich and he's got it all together. And God sets him up. God sets him up and says, do it my way and things will go well for you. But Solomon says, look, God, I got this. I'm smart. I'm rich. I got people come to me to get wisdom. I'm the man. And he does his own thing and He talks in the book about what happens when you have the wrong day in your life. Because Solomon kind of hangs out with some women that are bad for him. And he hangs out with the wrong day. And and after four decades of living, you can read how Solomon's affiliation affected his participation in his destination. Solomon, this this rich guy, this smart guy. And when, when it all comes down to it, 40 years, four decades, he talks about wasting his life. And at the end of his life, here's what he says in Ecclesiastes. I've seen it all, and it's nothing but smoke and spitting in the wind. Man, you're the richest guy in the world. You're the, most, you're, the, you're, the, you're the wisest guy in the world. You live 40 years, and all you got to say is like spitting in the wind. And then he says this, honor and enjoy your creator while you're still young. That's why this, this message this morning is directed to 18 to 21-year-olds, but it can be for 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 year old. Because here's the deal. The die that you're casting today, the friends, the they that you're allowing in your lives today, the way that you're cultivating your relationships today and who you allow into your lives will affect the rest of your lives. I've talked to so many people whose lives have been in ruins because of the they that they have allowed in their lives because we are influenced by the they in our lives. Think about the emotional problems that we deal with. I would say that, that, that and this is a broad brush statement, but I can say uh, that most of our emotional problems are because of the they in our lives. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, it's, got the, it's either the right day or the wrong day or some day situation. Think about Solomon. He had this affiliation with the wrong day in his life and it messed everything up. But there's another biblical character. This biblical character gets taken from his home. His, his homeland is, is destroyed by the Babylonians. His homeland is totally wrecked and he gets taken away and he's in a very evil society. And there are all kinds of temptations around him, all types of opportunities to do that which is wrong in the eyes of God. But Daniel finds the right day. Shadrach, Meshach, and, 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 uh, and Abednego the right day and because he finds those faithful firemen because he hangs out with them 
it, it changes what he gets involved in, his participation. It, it changes his destination because Daniel ends up in line with the king, on the king one of the king's right-hand guys, and he also convinces the king that his God is the true God. It's all about the day. Who are the day? How about your affiliation? How about your participation, your destination? Who are they? Where are they going? What are they doing? Where are they taking you? Let me say this. There are three different kind, three or four different kind of days in your life. We're going to have some fun now. There's fray they. Now, these words aren't my words. These words are my daughter's words because she's hip and I'm not. So they're fray they. And maybe you know fray they's. They're the people who kind of live on the outskirts of your life. They're people like your Facebook friends. They're fray they. Because, you know, they're here today and gone tomorrow. I mean, one day you befriend them, the next day you unfriend them. They're kind of the fray. They kind of hang out on the outskirts of your life. But they're not really friends. They're here today, they're gone tomorrow. And everybody has fray day. Even Jesus had fray day in his life. There were folks who just followed them. You know, they just followed them because they loved the Happy Meal miracles, right? They loved, they loved to be there when Jesus was giving out the bread and the fish. They loved to be there when Jesus was healing people. And they loved to be there when he was confronting the, the teachers of the law. But when Jesus started saying stuff like, listen, the road that leads to, to life is narrow and, no, and not many people find it. When he says stuff like, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. When he said stuff like, listen, I'm going to die. When he says stuff like, because they hate me, they will hate you, pray they get going in your life. But there's another set of people in your life. They're cray they. You got any cray people in your life? You got any cray people in your life? I mean, everybody has some cray in their life. You know, you know how you can distinguish the cray from the fray and the, and the way people? The cray people are all up in your stuff. You know, they don't give you any personal space. I mean, they talk right up here. They're the people who blow up your phones. Like if, they, if you get a text and you don't answer it right away, they kind of blow your phone up with a bunch of texts. They're, they're the cray they. Here's the, here's the deal. If you don't hear anything else that I'm saying this morning, hear this. You know, drama and cray doesn't just kind of walk into your life, right? You know that by now, right? You either create it, you invite it, you associate with it, or you tolerate it. Cray doesn't just walk into your life. Even Jesus has some cray people in his life. Now, see, here's my deal. My deal is, you know, Jesus loved everybody, but he had some crazy people in his life. Uh, you know, why would, why would I call some people, I mean, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, some of them were crazy people. Why would I call them crazy people? Because it's one thing if you don't like someone, you unfriend them, right? If you don't like someone, you keep your distance, right? You don't set them up to die. I mean, if, you, if you're the kind of person that does not like your friends or does not like someone and you're setting them up to die, then then you might be cray. Now, let me say this to you. You might think you don't have any cray people in your life, and that's probably because it could be because you're the cray person in someone else's life. <laughs> have you ever thought of that? I was thinking about that, and I thought to myself, James, you're the cray person in that person's life. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
That's, that's the reality. You can be the cray in someone else's life. Okay, and then there are way people. Let me get along. There are way people. So you got fray people, you got cray people, and then you have way people. Way people are the people who help you in your relationship with God. They lead you. They mentor you. They care about you. And what I'm saying today is there need to be way more way people in your life than fray people and cray people. Because when you have too many cray people, you become cray. When you have too many fray people, you have these shallow relationships that have no depth. But when you have way people, they point you to God and you're walking on a journey together and you're doing life together and you're fellowshipping together and you're doing all the things that we're called to do in the kingdom of God together. Way people. Why is this so important? Because our self-esteem is usually kind of directed and shaped by the people that we hang out with. You got crave people in your life. Crave people in your life don't help your self-esteem. Afraid people don't help your self-esteem. Self-esteem is important, and self-esteem is, is, is shaped by the people you have in your life. Someone once said this to me, the, the, your self-esteem is shaped by what the most important person in your life thinks about you. Huh. I don't know if the psychologists would agree with that, but it sounds good. So, so here's the deal. If you're a child of God, if you're a follower of God, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's the most important person in your life, you know what he thinks of you? He loves you. He went on a journey for you. He went on a passionate journey to the cross for you. He loves you. The problem is sometimes we'll let other people be the first people that give us our props. And sometimes we'll let Craig give us our props or we'll let Frey give us our props and we'll miss the whole picture that they in your life will shape your identity. So you have to be very careful that you let the right they in your life. So let me, let me end with this. I want, I want you to take what I call a friend inventory. And I, I, and I, I want us to kind of take this kind of, I'm going to ask you about six questions. And I want you to, you can write them down, get your phones out. You, got, you can get your phone out right now. You got them and you can kind of put them in your, and I want you to be thinking about them this week. Six questions that kind of help you understand if you have the right they in your life. Six questions, a friendatory, some hard questions, some, some biblically-based questions that will help you understand whether you have the right they in your life. Because remember, we're relational creatures, and we don't have much training on this building relationship thing. So let's go through them. Number one, do they motivate me to love God more? Do they motivate me to love God more? Do they stimulate me and move me towards God? The Bible says in Hebrews 3.13, For as long as it is still God's today, keep each other on your toes so sin does not slow down your reflexes. Do they motivate me? Do they motivate me to love God more? And I want to say to you, if you have people in your life that don't motivate you to love God more, they're probably the wrong they. They shouldn't be in the, in the center of your life. They can be there, but they shouldn't be in the center. You, you don't want Debbie Downer. You don't want critical Chris. You don't want those kind of people in, in the, they of the, the, the serious they of your life. And you don't want to be those kind of people. Number two, do they celebrate God's blessings in your life? Have you ever had a person that you've gone to him and you're stoked? I mean, you're stoked and you go to them and you talk about what God is doing. God has done this amazing thing in my life. And they just kind of, they just kind of down it all. They don't celebrate with you. They poo-poo it. 
They just blow, they blow it off. Have you ever had a person like that in your life? If, if, they, if, you're, if you're they can't celebrate when God is blessing your life, then you don't need that they. You don't need them. Number three, do they have your back? Friends love through all kinds of weather and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. Real friends, real way they are people in your corner when everyone else has bolted. You want to know who your real friends are? Go through a downturn. Have a bear market. Go through a time of trial and testing and see the people who are around you. Those are your real friends. Those are the people who care about you. David, when he was on the run from Saul, he was going through a really tough time. He was on the run for Saul, and, and, um, and he, when he gathered his guys around him to kind of be his protectant, to be his bodyguards, he didn't, ask them, he didn't ask them the question, are you praying every day? He didn't ask them that. He didn't ask them the question if they were reading their Bible every day. He asked them this question. I can appreciate this. Uh, are you going to be here? Are you with me? Are you with me? And, and the friends who are with you are true friends. If they don't have your back, they're not true friends. Number four, do they hold you accountable out of love and friendship? This is so very important. It's a major, major question. We need some days in our lives who will hold us accountable. Not because they walk in our lives without any relationship at all, who, who have just been the fray they in our lives and say, you're a sinner and, and you're going to hell. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people you've done deep relationship with who have earned the right to to come to you and say, you know what, man, the attitude that you displayed in that situation, man, I don't think it pleased God. And because they've earned the right to speak that way, you listen to them. I've, uh, I've been involved in accountable relationships for 20 years. Some people who can just speak to, right to me, people who can talk to me, and because they, I, I've done relationship with them, it makes a difference. David had some folks like this in his life, too. One day, Nathan came knocking on David's door, and David had messed up bad. And Nathan came in and said, David, you're the man. You've blown it. And David could listen because he had the relationship. He had some accountable days in his life. Wounds from a lover are worth it. Accountable days. Number five, do they live what they believe? If you have to wonder if someone is a, a way they in your life? They're probably not. You shouldn't have to wonder if they're a way they in your life. Do they live what they believe? Are they talking one thing and you see their actions, they're doing something else? If they're talking one thing and they're living something else, they're probably not way they in your life. Psalm says this, I'm a friend and companion of all who fear you, of those committed to living by your rules. Do they live it out? Do they really live it out? If you meet someone and you're wondering, they probably are not. Number six, last but not least, do they have the right they in their lives? Do they have the right they? If you have, if you have they in your lives and, and, and you think they're the right they, but you look at their friends and they're hanging out with cray they and they're hanging out with fray they and those are the tight people in their group, no, they're probably the wrong people. See, everyone needs way they people in their lives, even Jesus needed some way-they people. Peter, James, and John became his way-they people. And he had all kinds of people that were following him. He had all kinds of crowds. He had all kinds of fray people and cray people. But he needed some way people in his life. And if Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the God-man, 
If he needed some way they, some important relationships, some key relationships, some relationships that would lead him in the right directions, we need those relationships too. The Bible says this, don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? Let me end with this story. I have a kid that uh, when I first got to my church, I've been at my church for about 10 years now, and there was a kid when I first got there, we're going to call him Chris, and uh, Chris was a kid, had a tough upbringing, a tough family, and had been in some stuff, and I, I tried to kind of um, mentor him, and so I started taking him to Redskin games, and I started hanging out with him and bringing him home for dinner, just trying to put some positivity in his life because someone in the church had done that for me, and I wanted to kind of replicate reciprocate that with someone else and I started working with him and hanging out with him and but as he got older his mom decided to kind of move and and we lost touch with one another next time I connected with him again he was uh he was in jail he was in a regional jail and he was he was uh indicted for uh breaking in uh breaking entering and robbing about in about five or six counties and uh and I connected with him and, and I and I said uh Man, Chris, what what happened? I mean, you've been gone for a year. What happened? And and, and this statement, you hear it all the time. Well, I, I, I had these friends. Well, well, I had these friends. See, the they in your life matters. The they in your life matters. So let me ask that question again. What did they influence you to do that you would not have done? If they hadn't been around. Would you pray with me? Father God, you have created us for relationship. And Father, I know in an audience like this, that you, your spirit has been speaking because that's what you do. You show up when we gather in your name and you speak. And, and I, I got a sneaking suspicion that some folks need to get some they out of their lives, some fray they, some cray they. They need to get some they out of their lives and they need to be better they for someone else's life. And so, Father, I, I thank you that, that your word doesn't return void to you. I thank you that, you that you make sure it accomplishes everything that you've set forth for it to accomplish. And so, Father, today, Lord, as your spirit is here and you're speaking to us and in the recesses of our heart, and Father, I just pray that we will make some decisions today about the they in our lives. And Father, that we would begin this process of, of, of looking through the day in our lives, not just allowing relationships to happen, but making sure relationships happen on purpose. And Father, there will be some relationships that will need to be severed, and it's never easy, it's never clean, and it hurts, and it, it, there's some stuff that we got to go through. But Father, there's some relationships that right now, there are people in this audience who realize, realize they need to sever those relationships and Father, I pray that you would help them do it with grace and that you would help them do it with love and that you would empower them in such a way that they would be able to sever those relationships. And there's some relationships here that need to be cultivated. Folks here need to move out of the shallows and move into the depth of, of, of outstanding relationships. Father, help us to understand that the people we associate with will determine our participation and ultimately our destination. So help us not to just do relationships by accident. Help us not to settle for shallow stuff, but help us to do the right thing. 
through the power of your Holy Spirit working inside us. Thank you so much for all that you're going to do, not just today, but in the weeks and the months and the years to come. Thank you for giving us the example of the right day in your life, the day that will help you accomplish the goal that you came to earth to accomplish. We pray these things in your name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You're dismissed. Go in peace. <laughs>